I want to encourage you, make that a part of your life. Um, and when you slow down and you rest, you're able to bring everything in your life into perspective. I, uh, I ended up reading an entire book, matter of fact, book in, uh, two books, basically, while I was gone. And uh, one of the books was entitled The Rhythm of Life, and by uh, 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 an incredible Catholic believer by the name of Matthew Kelly. And um, it was probably one of the best books on uh, finding a rhythm in your life. Most of us go 100 miles an hour, and then we crash, and then we burn, and then we're like throwing the towel, we quit. We, we live in a society where we don't know how to pace ourselves. Well, when I was reading the book, I'm going to tell you, it messed with me because it showed me um, that I needed to have a rhythm in my life and I needed to slow down. And, and I knew that anyway because I told you a few months ago uh, that while I was on a fishing trip in May, uh, my uncle kind of just gave me some really strong instruction that I needed to rest. And uh, so I listened to him and, and our team, we told, God kind of said, give your team a rest. We went from two services to one service. And, um, and, and so it's good for us. It's good for you. So what I want to talk about today is the message entitled, All Still. And I want to talk to you about finding peace in this noisy world uh, because it's loud. And some of us are holding our ears and we're trying to find God. And, and I'm not going to preach at you today. I'm going to talk to you about a practice that has been changing my life over the past year. Um, I always woke up every morning and did my devotions, read my devotional, had my time of prayer. And, um, and then of course, my three cups of coffee and followed with some, you know, some news or whatever. And I began to change that about six months ago. I began to not turn on the television in the morning. I began not to watch the news. I, I began not even, uh, I didn't even pray first. I didn't even read my devotions first. But I began to take about 10 minutes every morning and not do anything. Not think about yesterday, not think about what I got to do this day or what I'm going to do this week, I just began to be quiet, okay? Little did I know that it's a spiritual principle that God wants us to live by and actually do. And so while I was gone this week and some things began to make sense, our scripture text, and you can look at the notes in your app today, is Psalms 39, 4 and 5 in the New Living Translation. You can actually see the scriptures on the screen. It said this, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. We, we found that out this week with, with our beloved Robin Williams, who was an incredible comic, an incredible actor, an incredible person, an incredible just uh, um, serious actor and comedy actor who was so distraught with life, so overwhelmed with depression that he felt like his only avenue was to take his own life. You know, Dennis Miller this week was on the news, and Dennis was a good friend of Robin's, and, and Dennis was talking about some fun times with Robin and talking about how, you know, great he was. And then he looked at the camera, and I don't know if you've seen it, and he said, for God's sakes, people, 
If you are feeling this way, find another human being. Connect with somebody. Don't hold everything in and seclude yourself. And so because then that's what, look what happened to Robin. So and the, the world was sad um, because of this. So because life is short, okay? He go, the scripture goes on to say, remind me that all my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. That's the, your middle finger and your thumb is the width of your hand. All right. Um, an entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. How many know that's true? Human existence. And we take for granted this life. I've got a personal philosophy, and I try to live by this philosophy. And my philosophy is simply this. Life is short. Let's not waste our life. Let's live passionately. Let's live passionately. Don't waste your life, you know. Um, We live in a very tense a very uh, uptight, fast-paced um, world. And this world that we live in is filled with hurry. Everybody is in a hurry. There will be people tomorrow morning wake up late and hurry themselves to work. Uh, there will be people that will leave here. Some of you will leave here for church hurrying up to get to the restaurant to beat the Baptist. <laughs> yeah. Hurrying. Everybody's in a hurry. We feel like we go 75 miles an hour, 85 miles an hour. We're going to get to our place quicker. Most of the time, we end up getting a ticket. I speak from experience. Yes. And I've gone to driving school, too. That's how many tickets I've gotten. So just think about that. We're always in a hurry. We are. And here's what happens. The byproduct of that is we're frazzled. We are uh, overwhelmed, and we are bewildered. And the truth is, here's the truth. The truth is, we are addicted. We are addicted to noise, and we are addicted to speed. There's some of you that can't even sleep. You have to sleep with the radio on because you need to have a noise. My dad has to have the fan running, not so that he can have the air, so he can hear that. Some of you have these little apps on your iPhone or iPad and you run that app, the ocean breeze or whatever. I mean, those are cool. But we're addicted to noise. Some of you can only sleep with the TV on. Why is it that when you're watching TV and you fall asleep and your spouse comes in and turns the TV on, you wake up? Has that ever happened to anybody except me? And you wake up and say, why'd you turn it off? Well, you were sleeping. I know, but I was sleeping good with it on, you know? But we li- we're, we're addicted to speed, we're addicted to noise. I mean, the new movie that's out, The Need for Speed, pretty cool, Go, driving fast. Uh, I, drew, I had a fast car this week, and I, every time we were in it, I was getting hollered at by Tricia to slow down, and, and uh, it's just a nice, fast car, and we, you know, we like that. But that's our society. You know, there's a thing, maybe you, some of you may have read this on the internet, it's called The Paradox of Time. Let me read it to you. The paradox of our time in history is that we have taller buildings, but shorter tempers. Wider freeways, but narrower viewpoints. We spend more, but have less. We buy more, but enjoy it less. We have bigger houses and smaller families. More conveniences, but less time. We have more degrees, but less sense. More knowledge, but less judgment. More experts, but more problems. More medicine, but less wellness. 
We drink too much, smoke too much, spend too recklessly, laugh too little, drive too fast, get too angry too quickly, stay up too late, get up too tired, read too seldom, watch TV too much, and pray too seldom. We have multiplied our possessions but reduced our values. We talk too much, love too seldom, and hate too often. We've learned how to make a living but not a life. We've added years to life but not life to years. We've been all the way to the moon and back, but we have trouble crossing the street to meet a new neighbor. We've conquered outer space, but not inner space. We've done larger things, but not better things. We've cleaned up the air, but we've polluted our soul. We've split the atom, but not our prejudice. We write more, but learn less. We plan more, but accomplish less. We've learned to rush, but not to wait. We build more computers to hold more information, to produce more copies than ever, but we have less communication. These are the times of fast foods and slow digestion, tall men and short character, steep profits and shallow relationships. There are times of world peace, but domestic warfare, more leisure, but less fun, more kinds of food, but less nutrition. These Are the days of two incomes but more divorce, of fancier houses but broken homes? These are the days of quick trips, disposable diapers, throwaway morality, one-night stands, overweight bodies, and pills that do everything from cheer to quiet to kill. It's a time when there is much in the show window and nothing in the stock room. It's a time, listen, indeed, it's a time where it's all true. How many know that that is everything that that person said is true? It's in, the, it's in the notes. You can have that. It's already in the notes. But here's my point. We live our life in overload. We are overwhelmed. If there is one term that describes, I believe, the state of affairs in the lives of people today, it's overload. It's overwhelmed, it's overworked, it's overcommitted, it's overanxious, it's overmatched, it's overextended, and our tanks are empty, and we're running on fumes. So what do we do? It's, it's like this. Remember Alice in Wonderland? It's like this. It's, it's our world has become like the world of the Red Queen in Alice in Wonderland. Classic statement. Now here you see... It takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. And if you want to get somewhere else, you must run twice as fast as that. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to hurry up. We're trying to move quicker, do more. Listen, Ezekiel 7, or yeah, Ecclesiastes 7, 29. It's a great scripture. It's the GB translation, or JB translation that says this, and you'll know this is to be true. God made man simple, okay? But man's complex problems are of his own devising. Now, the message version says it like this. God made women, men and women true and upright, but we're the ones that have made a mess of things, We get mad at people who drive the speed limit. We do. We get frustrated because we got to go quicker. What's wrong with these people? 
Okay? The problem is, we work too much, we sleep too little, we can hardly exercise, we eat poorly. We do. I ate poorly yesterday. Sorry, Angela, forgive me. (laughs) But we do that at times, and we are struggling and failing to find adequate time to even spend with our families and our friends. We're busy. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for my kids. I don't have time for my spouse. Where is it going? Can I tell you that we need to slow down? I believe we're so busy, we're too busy for our own good. But I'm going to share with you something that I believe that's going to help heal our life. And Because our lifestyles are destroying us. They really are. You may not know it, but it will catch up to you. You may feel some things now, little things, but I've, there is a spiritual... How many know there are spiritual solutions to every problem in the world? I believe there are spiritual solutions to every problem in the world. And what I'm going to talk to you about today is a spiritual solution for every problem I think you will ever face. And listen, it's not weird. It may seem weird to you because it's hard to do. But I promise you, if you begin to do this in your life, it will begin to bring great peace in this noisy world. So the first thing that we have to do If we're going to change that part of our life is we have to look within. We're looking without. What more medication can I get that's going to fix that inner problem? Where can I go that will fix that inner problem? Maybe if I change location, maybe maybe if I get something, maybe if somebody else comes into my life, this will this will change. No, the issue is we've got to look at ourselves and nobody wants to do that honestly anymore. Because it's a tough thing to do. Because when you look within yourself, you see your failures, you see what you're not, and you see the things that you need to change. And we just want to live our life like, I'm not okay, you're not okay, and that's okay for us not to be okay, so let's all be okay with not being okay. Okay? I preach a message, and I did it here last year, it's called, It's Okay Not to Be Okay. As long as you're on the way to being okay. All right? So you got to look in. The great reason why life is troubled and I believe restless lies not from without, not because of the things outside of us, but because of the things going on on the inside of us. I believe that is where it lies. So you and I have to look at ourselves. And I'm going to show you how to do that today. Look at your life. Look at your lifestyle. Ponder these things. Our chaotic world and complex lives, I believe, are crying out for a little simplicity. Uh, It's wanting some order in their life. And so how do we get that order? How do we get that simplicity? I'm glad you asked. Matthew 7 Three and four says it like this. Jesus is talking and he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay, pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Ooh. He, Jesus is stepping on our shoes right now. 
And ain't that like us? Isn't that like us? We are so prone to pick out everybody else's problems. Well, this person needs to change this, and this person needs to do this, and I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the world, and they need to do this in Washington, and they need to blah, 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 blah. We got it all figured out while our life is a wreck. Conviction is in the house right now. Look at that. Am I telling the truth? Am I preaching? Can I have a Pentecostal amen in this place today? Uh, Right. So Jesus goes on to say, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own, your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? We are so very quick to pick out everybody's problems, everybody else's issues, okay? Our spouse, what we, we know what our spouse needs to change, don't we? And we're so quick with that, and we're so quick with the relationships. But listen, we're so quick. But Jesus is saying, you and I have, have got to deal with us. And so this message is not preaching at anybody. This message is saying, hey, guys, girls, we need to look in our hearts. We need to look at ourselves today. And we got to see what, where we need healing of, and we need to see where we need peace, and we need to see what needs to be shifted and changed. Because believe it or not, and you may not want to admit this, but you're messed up. You got issues. You got problems. You don't think right. <laughs> now he's ticking me off. But we don't. And so I'm saying, folks, let's look within. Can I tell you, um, we have to learn how to do it. David said this in Psalms 139, 23 and 24. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me. The King James says, wicked, okay? And lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, our lifestyles that we are living right now um, are not forced upon us. They're really not. We believe that, listen, that we create them by our choices. We choose the way our life is by our actions and our decisions on a daily basis. We are where we are today because of the choices that we made yesterday, good or bad. And that's okay, all right? But it's, it's, it's on us, okay? Do you know that life is not a 100-meter dash? It's a marathon. Why are you in a hurry? Your spiritual life is not a 100-meter dash. Your spiritual life is a marathon. Pace yourselves, people. Watch. I believe... We, that this life should be lived passionately and that you should have fun and that you should enjoy life and you should enjoy the people in your life and you should enjoy everything that life has to offer. And I also believe that the day-to-day drudgery that stifles um, the greatness of the human spirit, nothing like the human spirit, amazing what the human spirit can do and conquer and feel, but the, but the world tries to stifle this human spirit, should be avoided at all costs. So I want to show you how to find a little bit of peace in this noisy world. So I'm, I just want to help you today, and I believe it will work. So how does one look within themselves? Is it magical? 
Do I just come up and, Pastor Rob, you pray for me and it's all better? Probably not. I can pray for you, and I would pray for you, and I will pray for you. And prayer, it, it, praying for somebody does a lot. But why do we put it on everybody else? You know, praying is also something that we should do for ourselves. Let me tell you, how do we look within? We pray. There's power in this thing called prayer. And I'm not talking to going to Jesus with your Santa Claus list. I'm not talking about limiting your prayer to just, God, I need this. God, I need that. God, will you get me this? God, I need this in my bank account. God, I want to drive this. God, I want to live there. God, I want to wear this. I'm talking about the kind of prayer that's a dialogue, that's a communication that, yeah, you, yes, you may say some things to God, but maybe the majority of the prayer is you just listening to God. I believe a lot of our prayers is us doing all the talking and us doing no listening. The truth of what I'm saying is Luke 18.1, Jesus said, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. We give up because we're going 100 miles an hour and then we crash and burn. But we don't give up when we're pacing ourselves and we're praying and we're communicating with God on a daily basis. Prayer is the highest order, I believe, of spiritual business, for it links the powerless human to an all-powerful God who is sovereign. I believe that Colossians 4 and 3 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and being thankful. So if I'm going to devote myself to prayer, that means that's something that must be a part of my daily life. I must make it a habit. And that is something that many of us don't do. We pray when all hell's falling, breaking loose in our life. We do pray when something's going wrong or our boss did something to us or we lost our job or blood, whatever. Then we're like, oh, we are in overload. Oh, I need you, God. Man, we're calling. We need prayer. We need prayer. We need prayer. When prayer is something that we don't do out of emergency, but we do out of habit. No, no, watch, watch this. So the greatest value in prayer is not what you can get from God, but the greatest value in prayer is what you learn and what you become. We're so, we, we listen, did you, I don't know if you remember this or not or knew this or not, but you are a human being, not a human doing. We focus so much on doing that we don't know how to be. And I'm saying that prayer does not come into your life so you can get more to do more, but prayer, God wants you to become everything that he's designed you to be. What are you becoming? What are you learning? That's what happens in prayer. And if you and I are too busy to have any kind of prayer in our life, we are giving our life a funeral. We are giving our spiritual and emotional life a funeral. I pray, C.S. Lewis said, because I can't help Myself, I pray because I'm helpless, he says. I pray because the need flows out of me. All the time waking and sleeping, it does not change God, but prayer is to change me. It's to change me. I'm going to tell you this, that prayer is the most difficult thing in the world to do. In prayer, we find ourselves standing on the edge of this deep, dark abyss, the world of the divine, the world of the infinite, the world of the eternal, and we actually come face 
to face with God and ourselves and we are faced with what we need to make different in our life. When's the last time you prayed just to pray? Just to have a conversation with God? Or what I'm about to tell you about prayer, you didn't say anything at all. Prayer, is, prayer goes beyond English words. The most powerful prayer that I want to talk about is the prayer of silence. And that is so, I'm a talkative person. I talk all the time. Matter of fact, I talk too much. Matter of fact, anytime I got in trouble at school, matter of fact, back when I was in junior high school, in high school, they still paddled. Remember those days? Wasn't that nice to bring me back? No, I'm just okay. Now listen, I wasn't a bad guy, but I loved to talk to my friends, and I loved to talk to the girls around me. And anytime I got in trouble, it was because I was talking. I even got in trouble, my mom and dad's not here today, but I got in trouble in my dad's English class. My dad, listen, I made my dad so frustrated. He told me one time, he was teaching, we were, he was on the classics and we were learning literature and I love literature and I love to talk about literature and man, it got me all excited talking about the red bags of courage and, and all these great classics and you know, and, and I started talking to the, my friend beside me. My dad said, son, shh, sorry dad. And he kept on teaching and then I got another thought and I started talking again. He said, son, I'm not going to tell you again. Stop. And he gave me that look. You know, the dad look, not the teacher look. And I said, okay, dad, I'm sorry, sorry. Mr. Yanok, sorry. A couple minutes later, I did it again. And oh my gosh, my dad, Yanok! Just like that. How many know the fear of Bob came on me? (laughs) The fear of Bob... The fear of Mr. Yanok came on every... Matter of fact, you ask anybody that I graduated with, they remember that in eighth grade. <laughs> they were scared for themselves. We, don't have, we have trouble. I have trouble being silent. I like to talk. I like to communicate. Okay? I'm a talker. And this is a difficult thing for me. But I want to tell you, it will be the most difficult because we stand before God. Prayer is going to be the greatest classroom of silence for you. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do every day. You have to decide when you do this. I do this in the morning, but I'm going to tell you, it has, it has revolutionized my life in the last three to six months, I should say, because I'm doing it, okay? I'm not just telling you one thing and not doing it. Prayer involves two things, it in, three things. It involves silence and solitude. And in our busy, noisy world, you and I have really big problems with that. Now, if you are an introvert today and you're a quiet person, you're like, I got this. You know, God bless you. That's your gift, you know. Um, That's not my gift. And so it was very, very difficult for me. Psalms 131, verse 2, so you know I'm bringing out scripture about this, says this, but I have calmed, David said, and I've quieted myself. 
I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. The word solitude means this. The state or situation of being alone or an inhibited place, a privacy or peace. See, God wants to remove the noise from your life and create a space in your life so he can speak to you. Pythagoras, who was a um, mathematician and a Greek philosopher, said it like this. Learn to be silent. Let your quiet mind listen and absorb. My grandfather, before he passed away, um, and years before he passed away, and when I was starting in ministry, one of the things he told me, he said, I want to give you some, some, inst- some advice. Um, and my pap was a quiet person. He, d- he was not a man of a lot of words. He was a very introvert. He was very quiet, rusty and I's grandfather. And uh, my grandma, June, who you've met before, is the complete opposite. You know, the words come out, and she's like, did I just say that? Yes, you did. So, but my grandfather was very quiet and a man of few words. And when my grandpa would talk to me, I would listen and I would take notes. And one of the things he said to me was, Robbie, if you want to be an effective minister, he said, learn to meditate and learn to be quiet and learn to listen to God. He said, make your prayer time not all about what you want. Make your time of prayer, what does God want to say? So you have to learn to be quiet in silence to let God speak to you. Now watch, watch. Sometimes silence involves the absence of speech, but it always involves the act of listening. The act of listening to God. We need to have a heart that hears God, what do you ever go through life and it seems like God doesn't even listen to you? You're like, where is he at? Does he even care what I'm going through? And you're praying and God's not saying anything and he's silent. I've had those moments in my life like, God, are you, where are you? Did you take vacation? You know, and he was silent. He wasn't impressing me with anything. He wasn't saying anything to me. I was not, I was not hearing from him because I was talking Could it be that when God is silent, he's wanting you to be silent? He's wanting me to be silent so he can speak to us? It's like this. Elijah's overwhelmed in 1 Kings 19. He's ready to throw in the towel. And and he's looking for God in the earthquake. He's looking for God in the storm. And all of a sudden, God doesn't come to him in the storm or the earthquake. He comes to him in a what? A still, small voice. If you're going to hear the still, small voice of God, you've got to be quiet. So I want to challenge you today. When we spend time in silence, solitude, prayer, reflection, meditation, it helps us to refocus our life and and begin to focus on things that really matter. Some of us get so bent out of shape with stuff that don't even matter because we're a mess. Listen, a life lived, a life lived reflectively is a life lived effectively. It's time to reflect. It's time to have a daily reflection. Create, and it, here's what it does. It creates inner peace. And I'm going to tell you something. There are people that they look good on the outside. Hey, they got the smile. But inside the inner world, their inner world, their life is a mess. It's a storm. And I'm saying you need Peace today in your inner world. 
I believe that you can learn a lot more from an hour of science, and I'm a lover of books, than you could ever learn from books. And I read, and I love books, and I buy books. I'd rather buy books than a lunch, okay? Matter of fact, if there's a choice of a book I want or eating lunch, I buy the book and hope somebody invites me out. No. <laughs> You know, noise is the mouthpiece of the world, but silence is the mouthpiece of God. And it's, I believe it's where God gives us wisdom. I believe people fear silence. They, they, it makes people uncomfortable because it introduces us to ourselves. Listen, it convicts us, it silences, it challenges us, it heals us, it consoles us, it comforts us, it clears the mind. Some of us, our head is full of stuff that needs to be cleared. Look at your neighbor and say, is he talking to you? Silence gives uh, courage to the weariness of hearts. So, Psalms 46.10 says it like this, Be still and know that I am God. God's telling us, be still. If you want to know God more, it's not in the books. It's not in the education. It's in the moments of silence on a daily basis. The word still means to be quiet, to be calm. And you will find out in numerous verses of Scripture, when there was chaos in a person's life or in the people's life, God would say this, Exodus 14, 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. They got the Egyptians that are going to kill them. They got the Red Sea in front of them that's going to drown them. And Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of our God. Be still. But it's overwhelming, Rob. I don't know what we're going to do about finances. My marriage, I, I don't know what's happening. My kids are out of control. I think they're going to lay I think my job's going to lay me off. Stand still. Be still. Quiet. <sighs> Breathe. Hold on. Second Chronicles 20:17, you will not need to fight this battle. Jehoshaphat is overwhelmed. Jehoshaphat is wanting to throw in the towel. And the word of God comes to him, a prophetic word from a 14-year-old musician. Jehaziel prophesies to the main man and says this, you will not need to fight this battle. That's one of our curve, one of our middle school students being a mouthpiece for God. That's what that is, a 14-year-old saying, I just heard from God in my silence. And this is what God is saying. God is saying you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. And this is the position. Be still. Be still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Becoming still is a very important key in knowing God. And if we don't perform this prerequisite of stillness, the implication in our spiritual lives will be devastating. I get my message title and I'm going to have Rusty sing and we're not going to say nothing. And I'm going to have you just close your eyes and this song's going to minister to your quietness. 
but I got this title because sometimes life shakes us up a little and we become disoriented. We we're overwhelmed and you know that. And we get consumed by the day-to-day happenings of our lives. And, and um, I was reading and the British Navy has a practice that they call all still. It's a pretty amazing practice. And when something goes wrong on a ship, when something goes wrong on a submarine, the captain announces over the loudspeaker, all still. And for three minutes, everybody aboard that ship, that submarine, no one is allowed to move, no one is allowed to speak. It stops everything. God is saying to you and I today, all still. He's saying, Sierra, all still. Angela, all still. Stop. Don't say nothing, John. Just breathe. Robert, just don't say nothing. All still. Something going wrong in your life today? God is saying, all still. It's God's opportunity to catch your breath and get things into perspective. Take this moment right now as Rusty sings. Close your eyes. I know we don't normally do this, but just be still. Be silent. Abba Pullman, one of the ancient desert fathers, taught his disciples that if you are silent, you will have peace wherever you live. Listen, if you don't break the daily, if you don't break the tensions of daily living, they will break you. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you folks to slow down. I want to encourage you to Breathe deeply, reflect deeply, pray deeply, live deeply. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do as Pastor Daniel's coming. I'm going to ask you to this. Find it in your life every day to have that quiet time. Set a timer. If you look in your notes, I put some practical how-tos at the end of these notes. How you can do it. Put yourself on a timer. Three minutes, ten minutes. Don't think about the yesterday. Don't think about tomorrow, what's coming, but think about that moment and have a moment of silence and watch the word of God and the voice of God come to you and bring everything into perspective. That's how, my friend, you can find peace in this loud, noisy world. God bless you.